Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insights, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. It's important to know if you have an emotional terrorist in your life. Could be a partner, could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be a friend, could be a child, particularly an adult child. Or one of your adult children marries one. So we're going to talk in this episode, or I am, about finding out whether you have an emotional terrorist in your life. Is there somebody that kind of makes you fearful, always wants to know what you're doing, surveilling you, checking you out, a little paranoia, a little need to know that is deeper than the real need to know? All of these things. It's not something that you need to put up with. It's something you need to see and see clearly and understand it has very little to do with you and everything to do with them. So stay tuned and enjoy. Do you have an emotional terrorist in your life? This idea of emotional terrorism, let's break it down. Because what do terrorists actually do? They use force or violence to intimidate you in order to get what they want or take something from you. Now, does that sound familiar at all? Is there a person in your life who uses force or threatens violence or uses violence to endeavor to intimidate you so they can get what they want or get you to do what they want? That's the beginning of it. Right. And I looked up the actual definition and it said the unlawful use of force or violence against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a citizen or government to further certain objectives. Well, we all know that the hijackal has their own agenda and they want everything their way and they don't want to take responsibility for anything that is anything less than perfect, right? So that means that everything that goes wrong is your fault. They're happy to tell you that so they can keep you in a state of hypervigilance because you're always wondering, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Did I do what they wanted me to do? Did I leave anything on the kitchen counter? Did I do what I I said I would do today? Is there anything out of place that they're going to get me for? You have all this stuff going on in your head at the very thought of them coming home or having a conversation with them. You have to go through all those mental gymnastics. I should call, but I don't want to because as soon as I think of calling, I begin to hear, feel my shoulders creep up to my earlobes. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And and that's natural. That's your personal safety mechanism going off. You don't want to do it because there's an emotional terrorist at the other end of the phone, perhaps. So it's important for us to see that, you know, it, it, 
in your head, you might have, as I said that, say, oh, no, 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 my mother or father or sibling or partner, not a terrorist, that's not nice to say. And if you actually had that go through your mind, you might want to sit up and take even more notice because you may be used to them and you may be even used to enabling them because it's so hard to stand up to them or stand up for yourself. So it's good to notice if you immediately wanted to make excuses for the behavior of the person that you immediately thought of when I said emotional terrorist. Now, I did some some digging, as I said, and I found that in Indiana, the Intelligence Fusion Center gave eight signs of terrorism. So in looking them over, I thought, wow, these really fit with life with a hijackal. And if you haven't heard the podcast before, hijackal is my term for people who hijack relationships for their own needs and purposes and then relentlessly scavenge those for power, status, and control. So eight signs of terrorism from the Indiana Intelligence Fusion Center. The first one is surveillance. Now, don't all hijackals engage in surveillance? Where are you? Um, They blow up your phone. They need to know where you're going. They install cameras. They put tracking devices on your phone. They put tracking or GPS devices on your car. Not all of them, but many of them do. And, you know, here's a little trick. And it may get you in trouble with the hijackal, but it will soon find out if the hijackal is actually interested in finding out where you are at all times. Just turn off the locations uh, on your phone so that no one knows where you are at any given time. Do it for an hour and see if it is remarked upon. Then you'll have a clear idea about the surveillance this hijackal in your life may be carrying out. So surveillance with tracking devices, if you think any of that is happening to you, you know, go online and look up detecting tracking devices and take some direction from those sites. There's lots of pieces of information there. So the second sign of terrorism is inquiries. Well, every hijackal has a million questions, right? Where are you going? With whom? When? For how long? Why are you going? Can't you not go? Why do you need to do that? I don't like that friend. What makes you need to do that? What are you up to? It's inquiry, inquiry, inquiry in order to make sure that nothing gets past them. Nothing at all gets past them. They have covered every possible base. And the number three sign of terrorism is tests of security. It was, you can't make this stuff up. These are signs of domestic terrorism. And this is exactly what goes on in a a relationship with a hijackle. So tests of security, they watch you. They look for possible lies you might be telling. They accuse you of telling lies. They accuse you of not going where they said, where you said you would, or where they think you are. They make up things and accuse you of them to see if you'll confess. They carry on in ways that test the security of the relationship, of the operation, all the time. 
they're hypervigilant, as I said, and they make you hypervigilant. You know, what's that person doing? They're not doing anything that would harm me, are they? Um, why are they doing what they're doing? What has that got to do with me? Because everything to a hijackless mind has something to do with them. That's the only person in the universe, so why wouldn't everything have something to do with them? And the fourth sign of terrorism is fundraising. And I, I laughed about that one because today I was talking with a client and we are talking about the fact that, all right, if you're going to leave a hijackal, you have to expect that there are going to be hidden assets and hidden accounts and this is really important to notice, and this relates directly to fundraising. They will have investments they tell you nothing about. They'll have accounts where they're squirreling away money, where they may even be taking your money or your shared money, and they will plead poverty and ask you for money, or they'll say you can't have anything because we don't have any money. Meanwhile, they're sitting on $300,000 over in some account that you don't know anything about. So they're really on the fundraising trail. And number five was acquiring supplies. Well, don't they just do that? Um, they want to know where are the family passports. They want to keep them. Uh, where are all the account information? They want to hold that. They want the passwords. They want to take care of everything. Where are the car keys? I need to know where everything is. I need to know where all the supplies are. And of course, if you're with a hijackal as a partner, you are supplied to them. So that's why they need the surveillance. So they know where you are all the time. And number six is they look for suspicious out-of-place behavior. Well, don't they? I don't have to say much about that. They are always looking for that. They're always suspicious of you. They're always questioning you, right? You know that, so I don't have to say a lot about that. Number seven is they do dry runs. Well, terrorist operations do dry runs, and so do hijackals. They push you to see what your response will be. They try out doing things. They ask weird questions. They maybe leave for a couple of days to see how angry you, you get or whether you're thrilled that they came home so they can deepen the trauma bond. And if you're not familiar with the trauma bond, I've, couple, I've done a couple of episodes on it. And if you have trouble finding specific episodes for specific topics on the website, um, you can go to... Um, SaveYourSanityPodcast.com and you will find all the episodes there and you can search on them. So you're only searching on mine. So there are some on trauma bonds. And if you are hearing these signs of surveillance and these signs of terrorism and you want to talk to me about it, you're wondering what's going on, you can always do that because I have a good offer for you, a one-time new client offer one hour with me for only $97 at beaclient.com, beaclient.com. So the eighth sign of terrorism is deploying assets and getting into positions. And you can tell when they start getting a little antsy and they start watching you even more. And this is why they try to pick fights with you. They try to, to get you angry 
And this is when you need to know that if you feel threatened and if there's anger coming your way, angry words in front of the children, if you have them doing all of that, that you want to be getting in position too by calling the police to let the hijackal know that this behavior will not be tolerated by you. Now, emotional terrorists... They want to terrify you emotionally. That seems clear and obvious. But do you recognize it as that? Do you recognize how much they want to keep you in that uncertain place? A little bit of chaos. A little, you know, what's really up. Be dependent on them for knowing what's happening. They love that. And they have a whole series of things that they that they try to keep you emotionally terrified. Can you admit to yourself that you've been emotionally terrified with the person you have in mind? That you didn't in any way feel safe or secure? Or that you had high anxiety around them? You know, that's very, very typical of what happens when you're with a person, a hijackal, who is emotionally terrifying. They'll, they'll push you into a corner. They'll make you feel like you need to cower. They will do all kinds of things to, to sm- make your world as small as possible, to keep you from doing anything without them. They want knowledge of absolutely everything that is happening. They don't think they need to share their knowledge with you, but they demand that you share your knowledge with them. It is a really tricky thing. And if these things are sounding familiar to you, and you'd like to be part of my Emerging Empowered community, come on over. Go to joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com. And you know what's wonderful about the Emerging Empowered Community membership is it gives you three group calls a month to ask me questions. And it's very reasonable. So go to joinintoday.com. If anything that I'm saying about emotional terrorists relates to your life and what's going on or what has gone on. Because hijackals aren't emotional terrorists. And here's just a list that I generated in about a second of how that will show up. They will use force and violence. They will use coercive control. They will intimidate you, threaten you, make demands, make try to extort you. They will engage in hostage taking, and especially of you and the children. They will lie. They will manipulate. They will distort the truth. They will make up a narrative. They will triangulate. They will blame shift. They will future fake. They will gaslight. They will do all of those things in order to have control over you. Like I've said before, I had a hijackal mother. I learned this really early on. And I had a passive-aggressive father, which was quite the combination. So I observed this a lot. And when I look back on it and I think, whoa, they really did try to hold me hostage. They weren't successful, fortunately. I just seemed to be a pretty willful child. And I learned early how to get around them. But it didn't leave me 
scarless. <laughs> it didn't at all. I still had to work through all the things that I helped my clients work through because you don't know differently when you're young and you take it in and it becomes part of the way you think about yourself. And then you have a hijacker come into your life and they're a lot like the person who persecuted you in the beginning and it feels familiar and you can't believe you, you're with somebody like them again. But that familiarity allowed the door to be open. And that's just something to recognize, not to beat yourself up over. You know, okay, I'm beginning to see the pattern. So what else do they do that's emotionally terrorizing? Well, when they can't get their way by being hugely blaming and rageful, they try to get your, your sympathy. And that's one you may not have thought about too much in the extreme. You know, they'll say things to you like, you don't care. Nobody cares about me. I could die and no one would miss me. They endeavor to pull at your heartstrings so that you will stop thinking about anything else and just become totally immersed in what they need. Or they'll pretend to be sick. I had a client once whose sister was a raving hijack call. And she set up a GoFundMe with a huge story about, you know, stage four cancer and the inability to pay and needing medical attention and all. And there was not a thing wrong with her. It was all a scam. She took the money and ran. And that happens. Emotional terrorist made everybody afraid. Oh, if I don't give money, she might die. That would be awful. I'd feel terrible. I'll send some money. It's what they do. They don't think about it as a bad thing to do. They think about it as a way of getting what they want. Or they'll say, you know, I don't feel well today. And you wouldn't expect a sick person to work, would you? You know, how many people are paying the bills for a person who refuses to work. You know they're perfectly capable of work, but they have some mystery thing like a bad back, something that you can't prove, or that they're, they're too anxious to work, or they shouldn't have to work after all they've been through, and they will play on your heartstrings or try to, with this sympathy move, that's something that you may not have realized is emotionally terrorizing because it's playing on your emotions. Another one is, like all hijackals, they cannot accept any fault for anything and they are very quick to turn it around and make it a you problem. They're definitely going to not make it a them problem. So that means it must be a you problem and you will be blamed for everything, even the weather and taxes, if necessary. Everything comes down to somehow being your fault. You know it isn't. You know it never was. So don't let it sit in your body. Don't let it play on your mind. Just let it pass through. You know it's not the truth. Then they'll use that fog thing that I've talked about before that comes from the work of Susan Forward when she wrote Emotional Blackmail. They will use fog, which is fear, obligation, and guilt. They will push those buttons, try to make you afraid of them, try to make you feel like, well, 
I'm your mother after all. I gave you life. You should do that for me. Or, you know, we're partners. We're married. That's what you're supposed to do. Or the guilt. You're constantly making a mistake. You know, guilt all the time. But they, they'll do one further than fog. And that's put the S on it. Because they would like to shame you. They emotionally terrorize you by shaming you. Guilt means you made a mistake. But shame means you are a mistake. And they will use that to demean you and degrade you and keep your self-esteem as low as they can possibly force it to go. Now, the good news, of course, is you can say, hmm, I hear you, but I'm not believing it. Many people don't do that, but now's the time to do that. Another thing they do is try to impress you by suggesting that you're so lucky to have me because no one would put up with you. So they endeavor to to say, you should be grateful to me. You should be thankful that I am here, that I do anything for you at all, even if it's just show up occasionally. Does that ring a bell? You may have heard that. Because that's certainly something that they throw around, especially if they're feeling a little insecure. They will cut you down in a heartbeat in order to get back on top and feel on top of you emotionally. And they will push and prod and poke and and carry on and try to upset you. And I did a whole episode on this, but it is important for you to realize how hard they work at upsetting you so that when you finally snap, and you get angry, and you say things, and perhaps you do a little blaming, then they say you're the abuser. And that's what we call reactive abuse. And I did an episode on that. Remember, you can find all of that at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'm always grateful when people support it financially, and you can do that at patreon.com slash save your sanity, patreon.com slash save your sanity. You can make a one-time donation or a small monthly donation, and that really helps take care of the business of the podcasting. So if they're trying to suggest that you are the abuser and they set you up, to, to blow your stack so that they can then say you're abusive, they get a narrative out of that. And that is awful because you don't know who they're telling about that. And yes, it actually happened, and they made it happen. So don't let them get to you in that way. I know it's so easy for me to say. I know I've been there. I was married to a hijack call. I left. I've been there. I know how difficult it is to not take the bait. But please start not taking the bait because you don't want to feel like they have that kind of power over you that can make you blow up. And you don't want them to have a narrative to say how badly you behave. Because even if you go to court with that scenario, you will hear that over and over what they put up with. Now they created it. They pushed you to the edge, but you were the one who jumped. 
So there's a big thing you can do to reduce the emotional terrorism is refuse to engage in reactive abuse. And know that you're held hostage to this. You are when you're in a relationship with them. And know that it's not about the hostage. You didn't do anything wrong. And so start reminding yourself, this isn't personal to me. The hijacker will do this to anyone who is willing to allow it. And so no, they're not talking about you when they say you. They, they could be speaking to anybody. All they're doing is practicing the skills of emotional terrorism. Is that relieving to you at all to know that they would do it to anybody? It's not unique to you. They had probably someone in their life before they did it to and that someone left them. And what did they tell you about that someone? Oh, that person was crazy. And, you know, I've just had a string of crazy people in my life. Hmm, what's that? Big red flag that the person who is the constant in all those relationships is the hijackal. So notice that. It's always about the hijackle. So don't poke the hijackle. When you poke them, you get you set it off in a direction that they now feel powerful and they want to pounce. So don't engage with them. It just makes them feel powerful. And don't be a shrinking violet either. Use my personal weather report technique. You can certainly do that to just talk about yourself. If you need to know more about that, you can go to personalweatherreport.com and I put some videos and things there to help you master the personal weather report. Or you can simply gray rock them, say, oh, interesting. Haven't thought of that. I'll give that some thought. Hmm. You know, non-committal responses that show that you're listening, but don't engage. They don't have any um, particular weight. They are just responses because you don't want to give them power. You don't want to give them any more power. They're always trying to have power over you. Don't hand it to them. And you can, you can stop engaging in the verbal wars with them. That's a really good place. And don't believe them. All that they say is to their supposed advantage. They're not right. Their judgment of you or the situation or the world or what's right or wrong or good or bad doesn't make them right. They are simply trying to manipulate the situation to their advantage. And when you recognize that that is what gets them up in the morning and gets them going, is how can I win in every moment? <clears throat> how, can I, how can I have a win right this minute? And that's all they care about, which is why sometimes it's easier to trip them up than they hope because they want to win in the moment. And it causes them to say one thing. They want to win tomorrow, and they say the opposite. Now, just notice that. Don't bother pointing it out to them. But notice that. Because then you separate yourself from them. You create some distance from their behavior. Wow, that's weird. You said the opposite yesterday. Okay, I'm just going to take note of that. I'm not going to tell you that I took note of that. 
And don't take on the guilt. Don't take on the shame. Don't take on the blame. I know it's easier said than done, but I can help you with that part for sure. And I also have a great course uh, at relationshipprograms.com. You can go there. You can go to my website, Emerging Empowered. There's a course there on is it emotional abuse? If you have trouble calling it what it is, do take that course. Take that course so that you clearly know what emotional abuse is all about and that you can you can say, you know, all right, that is, and you can count up how many ways you are being emotionally abused. I know it can be depressing, but it also can be enlightening when you start to say, ho, ho, that list is too long. All the things that they want to do, you know, what do they do? They intimidate, they threaten, they demand, they extort, they take hostages, they lie, they manipulate, distort, they deny, they betray, all of these things that they do. And when you start to see the enormity of the ways they endeavor to emotionally terrorize you, you can start saying no to some of them. And you can see through what it is they're up to and say, no more, no more. Because hijackals are like political terrorists. They engage in bombing, love bombing at the beginning, and then dropping bombs on anything that will blow up any sense of security and happiness in your life. They engage in hostage taking, and that's usually you and the children, if you are their partner, um, or it could be the parent trying to pull their hijackal child back home while dismissing you, the person to whom they are uh, married or in relationship. And political terrorists do suicide missions. How many times do we hear stories of hijackals threatening to commit suicide in order to get their way, to get that sympathy, to make the attention come back to them? And political terrorists prey on innocent people. They don't care about the innocent people. They just don't care who gets hurt. And hijackals don't care who gets hurt as long as it's not them. So when you hear all of this, when you begin to relate it to a parent or a partner or a sibling or an adult child, you know that you don't want to be anybody's hostage. And no one has the right to emotionally terrorize you. And if you've been listening to Save Your Sanity podcast for a while, you'll have lots of insights about what this looks like, feels like, and what you can do. And if you haven't, I invite you, go and have a look. There are over 300 episodes for you. There's lots of stuff there to help you see what's happening, know what to do about what's happening, and how to heal after it's been left behind. It's important. You're important. So I hope this has been helpful for you. And until we talk again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. 
I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting emergingempowered.com. Talk soon.